All right, time for a little what Claude Julian and Rear Admiral call shock journalism. The next 90 minutes here on Saturday Skate. What's up, uh, boys? What's going, going on, on, Ken? Got some Claude Julian uh, rumors to discuss or not discuss. I guess I was wrong. I guess I was wrong. I predicted three-game losing streak. He's out. He's not out. You never know. Could happen still. True. Day ain't over. Day ain't over. Week ain't over, I suppose. But I will take my uh, lumps. Uh, Rear, you said uh, that was not the case. Claude's not going anywhere. For now, he's not going anywhere. But are uh, you starting to think it's inevitable at some point, as Ty wrote on the .com this week? You know, it's it's starting to feel like it's taking on an air and inevitability. If not firing him something with this team, it just feels like every game it's like gets compounded. This I don't like pressure, whether it's the coach going to get canned or if they're going to make a trade to, to be rumored. But I mean, I, I don't think the team is, has a set thing. I think they're just going game by game. But each game, it it kind of intensifies. I mean, if the, you know, but if they win tomorrow, then it's going to kind of get the air taken out of it again. So, I mean, you know, you don't want to just fire the guy just to, to satisfy the media. And I think the Bruins sometimes put the you know finger to the wind with the media a little too much. Um, who knows what they're going to do? I really, I mean, I, I played my fire club card a long time ago, and they ended up winning the Stanley Cup. So I, I hate going to that well over and over again. Um, you know, yeah, it, it, it you would think maybe they would have fired him by now, but... You know, if they're trying to weather this storm and, and keep Claude because they don't want to, you know, lose him as a coach, then, you know, then then they're not going to fire him at any point. You know, it just they're, they're just really not tipping their hand. They're not coming out and saying he's not going anywhere because if he loses five more games, then they're going to want to fire him. So it's just it's, you know, it's called Bruins. Two years ago, they lost the last three games of the regular season and missed the playoffs. Last year, they went three, eight and one down the stretch. Tuka didn't play in the last game of the regular season. They missed the playoffs. January, they are 3-5-2 and two now to start the month. And I, I don't want to say they're done, as your colleague and sometimes our friend Ryan Whitney basically threw out there, but they're close. You, If you start to extrapolate points, they are in some big trouble. If you're not going to fire Julian now, when are you going to fire him? Well, it's your, it's your get-out-of-jail-free card. You know, that's your – if you're John Sweeney and Cam Neely, by the way, still haven't heard from any of them. This 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 right. entire this entire season this right. entire saga you have not heard. No, that's one not word true. We heard Sweeney Fluto interviewed him a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, he found him and cornered him. That's what he did. Yeah. Headline was uh, Bruins GM Don Sweeney hasn't ruled out a coaching change, and we basically went around for an hour trying to decipher what the hell that meant. Yeah, I show. just said he just happened to get him on the record. Basically, <laughs> you know, I mean, nothing, nothing. I like I said, I didn't think it was deem it that newsworthy. It was just like, yeah, he's our coach. You know, that's that we're still moving along here. Okay, but that as we talked about a couple weeks ago when that happened, uh, Admiral, wasn't that the opportunity for Sweeney to put out the rumors, which have now just fe- obviously they've reached a fever pitch here in the last twenty four hours. I think I think Sweeney and and I have the same. I don't know if it's a, if it, it's an issue or whatever, but you, he, I think he doesn't want to be called the liar, so he doesn't want to say anything that is like definitive, and then it can come back and and haunt him that way. You said, well, you said this, and then you went back on his word. So when you come out and you give a guy your blessing and you say he's going to be here for the year, and then you turn around and fire him, well, now people are going to call you a liar and think, you know, they can't trust you. So it could be something as simple as that. He just doesn't want to want to tell a lie. So he's, you know, he leaves both sides open, which is But is that a better option than letting Claude be you know, forced to come out today and answer about his coaching future without any kind of answer from management? Unbelievable answer, by the way. Which we'll hear here in a moment, but yes. Yes. Unbelievable answer. Finally finally said, I'm going to address the elephant in the room, and he did it. And, I mean, that's him saying, all right, you guys aren't going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I think that that took a lot for Claude to do that because he would love to just bite his tongue and not say anything because I think if he said something last night, which, like you said, we'll get to, I think that would have been uglier than, than if 
what he did today. Today was great. Today was a perfect answer. If you're Claude Julian, that is the way you want to come across because now every fan in this city is behind you saying, yeah, this guy's not wrong. He has it. He has the right idea. It's everyone else around him that is not performing or people above him that are not giving him the tools to perform right or to perform well, rather. So uh, Julian looks amazing today. He looks so much better right now than he did last night. And that is... I mean, now he has, I mean, I don't think they were against him per se, but he has almost the entire fan base behind him now, which is kind of incredible. I wouldn't say amazing. I mean, they get shut out in back-to-back home games. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's gone, he's gone to amazing, <laughs> yeah, I, but I'll give you that. Ken, the wet blanket of reason. Well, what, what do you want to no, get I'm, shut I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you. You know, he, you know, I know he's coming off a bad look. It's just, we're just, we're picking on you. That's all. Well, you look at it. I mean, look at Detroit, right? Yeah. He smashes his fist against the TV in Detroit. I mean, who took the door off the hinges? Do we do we figure that out? Wasn't wasn't the locker room door off the hinge? Oh, I have no, I didn't oh, hear okay. that. I saw that in a in a, in a piece. I don't know, that building's a dump. It's falling <laughs> My, apart. It's, it's just point. it's just naturally <laughs> happening. All of Detroit. Uh, no, but I, I think then you you then you you look at him last night. He's or he's displaying the passion. He's he's frustrated. The team in front of him, the team on the ice, is they've been lifeless most nights. You know, Wednesday they were there for twenty minutes. Last night, they were there for 58 minutes. They were a Stanley Cup team for 20 minutes. Wednesday, after the yeah. first period, it was unbelievable. Yeah. They, Toronto almost had four goals, I think. Yeah, they, that's again, it's the frustration. They, they won game. I mean, the Islanders, they, didn't, they were dead that Monday. They didn't even show up. They were, I mean, that's a game you, you wouldn't have thought the Islanders coach was going to get fired after. It, was, it turns out that, you know, Jack Capuano got fired, not Claude Julian. You know, but the next game, Detroit, they got a 4-1 lead. The most dangerous lead in hockey, a three-goal lead. And they and they end up losing in a shootout. And then you know last night they had a, a game effort. And then one little bounce, one you know pass through McQuaid's legs, and the net. It just it was a frustrating loss. And you know, I, like I said, I I don't know that they want to fire him. I I mean, it's like I, I think to, you got to do something at, at some point. Either either say we're just going to keep the guy and not fire him, or, or you know, it just when they string it out game by game, it just. I don't know. It just makes it like, uh, I don't know if it's uncomfortable for the team, but it, it just has this like presence that just seems to not go away. Well, with this franchise, correct me if I'm wrong, there's always a financial question mark about what is driving ownership, right? No matter whether it's a coach, yeah, it's I a think, player. Is that, I think is that abated? I think that's, By a, some section that's, a, of the that's an old reputation back yes. when they used to spend half, you know, they were in the middle of the pack of spending, but they've been at, at or near the cap since the cap's been around. So, I mean, every team wants playoff dates, but I, as far as the Bruins being cheap, that stuff is old news, man. It, it doesn't, it just doesn't apply anymore. However, you feel about the Jacobses, they so, spend so to the they cap. would bite the bullet and take Claude's two years left on his deal, five whatever the what, what, two two and a half million per year. So they, they would owe him five million to basically not coach if they fired him now. Does is that a factor at all with with Jacobs? Uh, it's got to be some kind of a factor. Five million dollars to anybody is is some degree of a factor. I mean, I suppose it, it it comes up in the conversation, but I mean, it's not a re- you, you you don't keep a guy because you don't want to continue to pay him. I mean, it just it doesn't make sense if if you feel a guy's not you know capable of being the coach to a, his best ability ability anymore. I mean, just then well, you, you cut bait, you just eat it, you just well, say I, screw it. I mean, he is a billionaire. <laughs> unless you're, at, unless at the same time, if if they were to fire him, he's getting picked up by either the Islanders. Vegas or even the Panthers, and if those teams were to pick him up, they would take on the contract. So. I don't think it's an issue now versus if you were firing Dave Lewis. You know, for example, in 07, right. he was just terrible. Uh, I think th- this is a different situation and different era, of course, um, of of this team. Well, if you've punted on the season, if Jacob said, look at look at our record right now and the points we're projected towards, we're not going to make the playoffs, then I suppose you could say financially, why why fire him now? We could just do this next year a couple of months in. That's 
that's possible. But I would think I wouldn't think they've cashed it in yet. I mean, right now they're on pace for 87 points. But if they get on a hot streak, they could easily edge Toronto out. Still, it's not impossible. Yeah, then I mean they're not going to quit in the season. They're not. They're not anywhere near the bottom where it, it, it's. If they even sold stuff off, they're not going to come come anywhere close to the lottery. I mean, they think that you know they think they're a playoff team. They're gonna they're gonna continue to shoot for the playoffs. The players are not going to stop playing. I mean, like Claude said. I mean, I think you know he was stating the obvious, but like, yeah, I'm not quitting on the team. I mean, he's coaching, you know, like he's coaches any other day. He's not doing anything different. He can't be distracted by the outside stuff and it's good. He addressed it. But I mean, to me, that's just kind of like, yeah, obviously he's not going to quit. I mean, what coach is going to quit? No coach really quits in the NHL because he's not going to get paid if he got all that money coming. Like you just mentioned. Uh, it's, it's just, it's just a weird situation right now. I'm a, I don't know, man. It's just, it, there's no predicting it. You, you can't say they're going to do this. I mean, it, it, they're not going to keep them to fire them later because then if you're still trying to get to the, to the playoffs, but you want, you don't want to keep them. Why, why, why keep them around? I mean, right. do you believe in them or not? Well, right. It's a Capuano theory. The Islanders fired Capuano because they said we weren't going to bring him back. So he, what's the he's point? part of the problem. So we're, we're cutting ties mm-hmm. better now than later. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it would seem to me that somebody in the Bruins hierarchy likes him and somebody is not real sure. And therefore, nobody says anything. You are 100% correct. That, 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 I mean, that is, I think that's, that's really what it is. I think, I think, you know, this is me saying this. I, I don't know if, you know, there's no one that's confirmed or denied this one way or the other. But uh, I, I believe that Jacob still believes in Claude Julien. I think that there's a disconnect between ownership and Julien somewhere, somewhere on the lines there that say, you know, maybe this guy is holding us back. Maybe, maybe we can do better. You know, th- there's also that sort of element of self-preservation there, where those guys don't want to lose their job if this team struggles again, and they can easily point to the coach, or they could try to point to the coach, say, "This is why we struggled. This is why we did that." But if the owner goes, "No, no, it's not. We didn't ice a good team." That's that's the disconnect. There. So you're and saying I- if Sweeney goes to Jacobs and says, "Let's get a new coach." And they fire him. Then all, now pressure is squarely on Don Sweeney and Cam Neely. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Probably think, true. And I think that's the thing where you look at the Panthers, right? They fired their coach, and what happened? They put their GM behind the bench. I mean, if the Bruins were to do that with Sweeney or Neely, I think the system would sort of fall apart because neither of these guys has any coaching experience at this level. I mean, sure, Sweeney ran some camps for development camp, and he's, he's done some on-ice drills and things of that nature. But he's never been a head coach, nor is Neely. So I, I think that's that's doomsday right there. Yeah, we, it would seem like Cassidy would be the obvious, though, right? Why would they put Neely or Sweeney behind the bench? That'd be bizarre. Well, I'm saying that's that's the the event, though. If, if you're that person saying, hey, this coach doesn't belong here, this coach is holding us back, if I'm the owner, I say, okay, you go behind the bench then. You show me that that this is the coach. Because Cassie's implementing a lot of similar systems and sort of styles that Julian has implemented and adapted to over these years. So I think I think there would be that sort of pressure from ownership and the CEOs and, and what have you to say, okay, you do a better job. He's the problem, you go fix it. Because you haven't done a great job of fixing it in terms of on-ice talent. I mean, right now you have a guy who you thought was going to be your 13th forward on your second line, and you have a guy who's going to be on your fourth line centering your third line, Riley Nash and Tim Schaller. Wonderful role players, yes, but not what you thought you were going to get out of this team. Yeah. And I think that does come back to the front office more than it comes back to the coaching. You're listening to Saturday Skate here on Sports Radio WEI. Ken Laird, Rear Admiral from Barstool Sports, and Ty Anderson from WEI.com. We're presented by AT&T, Star Market, and Wise Snacks. If you've missed some of the audio from the last 24 hours, let's play some of it for you here. First, last night after the one nothing uh, shutout loss at home to Chicago, this uh, Ty, correct me if I'm wrong, ended the uh, – well, I know it ended it because he – he ended the press conference, right? He got up and walked off. 
How, yeah. how, how many minutes in was this? Minute and a half? Oh, this was uh, 95 seconds, maybe okay. two and a half minutes. I don't know. He, he had a good answer about the efforts and how it was like, you know, this is another night where we come up just short. So, I mean, that, that accounted for about, you know, 40 seconds. This wasn't the Detroit one. Detroit was uh, 73 seconds, and he was out of there. He was done. All right, so an emotional close after last night's game. Here was, uh, here was uh, Julian ending the presser. Three, uh, three losses in a row here at this point in the season. Results, and you get concerned about your own job security. Well, you know, I'm not into shock journalism, so I'll stay away from that uh, question if you don't mind. Thank you. Ooh. Little mic drop Ooh. from Claude. Ooh. Not into shock journalism. That must have made you so happy, Admiral. You hate the media as much as Trump. You, you, Trump, and oh, Julian hate your the media. fake news. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm all about that fake news. Yeah, that was that was pretty funny. I mean, I think yeah, I think like Ty said, he was you know pretty irate from the game. He still, you know, we talk about players probably taking a, a an extra walk around the locker room before they answer the media. Well, that's probably an example of a coach still steaming a little. How could you uh, not be after the way that game ended? Right, that goal yeah. from Hosa uh, with the puck just—it's a three-on-four. That's <laughs> just. That is tough. Yeah, it's a it's a bad bad way to lose the game. But you know, and like also what Ty said, you know, Claude. I mean, he's not completely blameless for this team. But at the end of the day, like I wrote wherever yesterday, I think EI that he he didn't construct this team like Ty just said. I mean, they got guys who you know who were playing in positions they probably shouldn't be in. They just they just don't they're not scoring. I mean, they don't have pure goal scoring this team that other teams in this league have, and that's that's the problem. I mean, everyone thought the defense was going to be an issue again this year, and. While not perfect, they haven't they haven't been the issue. They haven't been the main problem with this team. It, it's scoring, and again, and that that's there's only so much you can blame Claude on when guys are shooting and not hitting the net. I mean, the, 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 that's not that's really not on the coach when you, when they got guys who can't score. But it is on the coach when it's a three year problem. The team's faded the two the last two years down the stretch when you went after guys at the trade deadline. It's a it's a coach problem when you're getting shut out at home to the Islanders when you're losing to Jersey and you're not showing up. And you're t- what ten and twelve on home ice? There are some coaching issues. E- even Claude says it himself. But, focus. We're not. We're, we're inconsistent. We're not focusing. Those. Those to me are like energy issues that have to go back to coaching in some form. Just a, I think Claude's a good coach, great coach. He, he's obviously been terrific here, but after a while, doesn't the message just get stale? Uh, yeah, it does definitely. I mean, every coach has a has its expiration date. His expiration date, Mike Babcock. I mean, you know, he had great success in Detroit. Even he left there. And you know, I've said, you know, Claude probably. I mean, every coach does. He probably maybe maybe he's at it right now. I mean, I, I am pro Claude. I, I like him as a coach. Uh, I mean, I don't. I'm not, it's not like I get any inf- any information out of him or protect him. Nothing like that. I just think he's been successful here. I think he's a good guy. I think he does a good job. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's you know I know the argument is you're not going to find a better coach and like I say right there's not a quote unquote better coach than him but again there, there may be a better coach suited for this roster who right. who is how who, who's just going to reach this team different I think you know anybody who's had the same boss for nine years it's you know you, you might like the guy you don't want him to go anywhere but you know maybe you're, you're not getting motivated the same way you you once were either you know and you know and, and sometimes a new like a fresh set of eyes doing things it could it could be what they need uh, one other thing too is bob mckenzie who's you know kind of the, the godfather of hockey reporting yes you know he come on tv the other night and, and he he actually i'm sorry it was a report on the internet one one of his well, we have the audio here if you want to hear it. this is on the tsn oh, okay. roundtable uh, you do right? have that yeah the tsn that's right it was mckenzie darren drager and uh, pierre lebron from espn they had a little little roundtable powwow uh, but go ahead. I don't want to give it. Well, yeah, basically, Bob Bob's as wide in as anybody in the NHL, and you know, for him to say that there's uh, I, uh, basically a big impasse between you know ownership and the coach. 
then there's an issue there. I mean, like, you know, and if there's an issue there right now, well, what's going to make that issue go away? If I mean, if it's enough that Bob McKenzie's reporting it, then there's something to it, you know? I mean, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't report on, on gossip. He, you he, wouldn't think so. It's no, not he a doesn't. strong report, but well, let's listen in. Let's listen, listen okay. to what McKenzie had to say the other night about Julian's future. This was Thursday before the Chicago game. Claude Julien is the longest-serving coach with one team in the National Hockey League, a decade on the job in Boston. Is that run now in serious jeopardy? I think we can at the very least call this a, threat, a credible threat to Claude Julien's job security with the Boston Bruins. So often when coaches are on thin ice, or we call it the hot seat, a lot of it's fan and media-driven, but in this particular instance, there seems to be a palpable disconnect between the Boston Bruin hierarchy, both in terms of words and actions, and with their head coach, Claude Julien. That said... Until we hear otherwise, he is the head coach of the team, and the expectation is at this point he will be behind the bench on Friday against Chicago. And if they reel off a bunch of wins, well, then obviously things could change. But maybe anything short of that would suggest that uh, impending doom or a sense of impending doom as it relates to his long-term security with the Bruins. You guys talked about Kevin Shattenkirk of the Blues being... And then it cuts off. They go into Shattenkirk and some other rumors around the league. All right, so... What do you take from that? Credible threat. What what does that mean? Bob McKenzie's a guy who chooses his words carefully. He's the, you know, he doesn't he's not a sensationalist or a shock journalist if you will. So for him to use you know use those words, I think it's a I think it's a big deal. I mean, it sounds like there's a real issue between ownership and the coach there. And again, like how long is that, you know, you can't you can't think that's built to last too long. I right. mean, if there's a problem now, you know, is winning going to make that go away? I mean, what if they win win make the playoffs losing the first round? You know, uh, presumably this, those same you know issues that disconnect he 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 referred to it, it's it's still going to be there. It just seems like a, w- w- after that report, I, I thought to myself that's a that's an issue that's just not going to go away. Simply, it, you know, it's going to come to a head at some point. I would think, I would think so too. And Ty, you wrote pretty much the same this week, right? That it's just yeah. the marriage. It's it's bound to be divorced here soon. Yeah, I mean that's the, this is like I like I said earlier. I mean this is their get out of jail free card. If they if they don't make the playoffs yet again, they can say okay, well you know. Julian held us back, so he's gone, and now we're going to bring in our guy. Because you got to remember, Julian is not Neely or Sweeney's guy. This was a Shirelli hire. I mean, this is this them cleansing themselves of all things Peter Shirelli? I mean, you've seen it in terms of the scouting department. You've seen it in some players that 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 Shirelli signed. You know, Riley Smith, for example, was traded like I think a month after he signed an extension that Peter Shirelli handed to him. So I, I find that interesting. It seems like they want to get rid of all things Shirelli. And Julian would, would sort of embody that in a way. So um, at some point, this is going to end. I, I think it's ridiculous to think, uh, you know, coach for life, coach for 20 years. It doesn't happen. I mean, even Joel Quinville, you know, he's bounced, he's bounced around from team to team. Uh, you know, Mike Babcock, like you said, Rear, he, he left Detroit. Granted, that was under his own, you know, sort of, he wanted to go to Toronto. He wants to be the guy to end that drought. I get it. But but it, it, there are no happy marriages for, for 20, 30 years anymore. It doesn't happen like that. It doesn't work like that anymore. And, I mean. You're talking about hockey, right? Uh, <laughs> I think it's not bad. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> but uh, but, but, no, it, but I, that contrasts with what Joe McDonald reported last night, right? Yeah, of course. No, ESPN's Joe McDonald, with former friend of uh, the skate here on uh, WEI, tweeted this out after the game. The Bruins will not make a coaching change. Claude Julien is the guy. But then he he followed that up with to clarify he he meant he meant the immediacy of last night I right believe. no yeah, change so. is imminent okay right. well All you right. know so. imminent when does imminent end you I know what I mean is that an hour six hours twelve credible hours? threat right. no change imminent yeah uh, what a mess again it gets back to where is Don Sweeney just come out and say he's the, he's our guy we're not making and, a move and this is the biggest thing that's that's hurting this team right now 
Do you remember a few years ago when when there was a rumor out there that the Bruins were going to be trading Brad Marchand for Patrick Marlowe? Do you guys remember this? This was a rumor that yeah, was a couple I, of years ago. You know what happened? Peter Shirley came out, I think, that day and said, we're not doing that. That's not true. And he squashed that story. And you know what that did? That let everyone sort of breathe, breathe a sigh of relief there. You look at this team. This is a tense team. They are so tight right now. You could see it in last night's game. As The, the longer the game went on, the more they were like, here we go. Blackhawks are going to score a goal here. Yeah, we're going to lose by one. I know how this plays out. You could see it in their in their body language, the way they were reacting when their shots were going just wide or Darling was making a save. Darling played great, by the way, but that's not that's not the point. I, I just think that the GM and the, and the team president, they can really do their team a lot of, a lot of good here by saying, hey, uh, these are the rumors, but this is the truth, and this is what's happening. But they don't do that because they don't want to, like you said, they don't want to lie. They don't want to back themselves into a corner. And, and be left to, to go against what they had just said maybe a month, month and a half, or two weeks prior. Yeah, so That then, was Admiral's that, theory. Yeah. Yeah. Then they're giving the media a layup, you know, and then yeah. it's soft, soft and low-hanging fruit. Yeah, I can't trust Don Sweeney, you know what I mean? Like, he, or, they're already right in the headlines. Or him. he wants to keep them uncomfortable, and yep. he wants to keep that, Claude uncomfortable. That, too. Or the, or that's the reality of the situation. Right, he should, you know, let him feel the heat, because he should, because the team's underperforming. Right. You know, of course. Yeah, look, Which I guess look I can what, understand that. Yeah, man. you know, and, you can, then, and then it becomes a chicken and the egg. Well, yeah, they're under, look, look what they gave him. I, I, I don't know if you follow uh, Patrick O'Sullivan on Twitter, former former player on uh, the NHL. He he tweeted last night that you know the the Bruins are right where they should be. He's like the Bruins are right exactly where they should be, and I I thought you know I thought that was kind of appropriate. Like they're you know kind of on the bubble, like well technically in the playoffs right now, but you know given what their their roster is and the makeup of it, yeah, they're not a contender and they're not a bad team. They're they're right kind of middle of the pack. And I, I thought that was kind of spot on. All right, well. Uh- Coming up, we'll hear Claude's response today. It was about a two-minute uh, um, thorough analysis of his coaching situation and uh, the rumors that uh, he is hearing. So we will get to that in uh, moments. We'll get to the phone lines. And I guess the question is simply, what's your read on the Claude Julian situation? Is he going to be here for the rest of the year? Why should they keep him? Why should they let him go? 617-779-7937. Kent Laird, Ty Anderson, Rear Admiral. This is the Saturday Skate with you until 730 on Sports Radio WEI. And Ty Anderson, Bruins writer for WEI.com. Yeah, what's up with that, huh? Welcome to the night skate. Back to Saturday night. We just pop up where you least expect us. Better for Rear Admiral because last uh, Sunday morning he came in with the Breathe Right strip still on the top of the nose. <laughs> it was a little disturbing, Rear. I forgot about that. That was great, yeah. Yeah, hey, everybody wants to sleep in on Sundays, you know? That's right. They're keeping us away from the uh, football Sunday tomorrow. Pregame starts bright and early. NFL Sunday, 9 a.m. Actually, 8 a.m. You're going to hear Brady, Belichick, and some of the best interviews of the week. And uh, all-day football tomorrow. Both NFC and AFC championship games can be heard right here on Sports Radio WEI. Looking forward to it. It's a Boston-Pittsburgh doubleheader, though. We get the Bruins and the Penguins at 3. Oh, yeah. Jeez, that didn't even dawn on me. Yeah. So that'll be uh, in I can't remember the last Pittsburgh. time that's happened. Like, like Boston against the city. And two other sports in the same day. I can't remember that. Pittsburgh is actually, or Boston is a good success against the Penguins. That's been a good matchup for them. They swept them last year. Yeah. For whatever reason, they they have their, their number. For, they yep. have their number for some reason. It, it is weird. They're such a talented team, and you know you'd think they would skate around the Bruins, but I don't know. I don't know if they if they they still have if the Bruins is still in their head from a couple of years ago or something. But I mean, even though they've won a cup since then, the Penguins, but. They, yeah, usually makes for an entertaining game. Well, if the Bruins aren't inspired tomorrow after Claude Julian's uh, William Wallace battle at Sterling speech that he gave today, <laughs> I, 
the way I, Ty described it here today. He, Ty was ready to run through a wall for the coach. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah, I really well, was. I'm sure a lot of the media was ready to run oh, through a wall. Did you see the Flute Ocean's Iowa piece uh, earlier this week for the Boston Globe? All, listing the reasons why, you know, it's, it, this is no time to fire the coach. I mean, the love affair with Claude is is significant. It's real, right? I mean, the the media loves this guy. It's definitely it, it's definitely real for Claude. I mean, you don't see. I mean, you don't see it for other coaches in this town. Well, maybe a little bit with Stevens. Definitely not Belichick. Obviously, that's an adversarial thing. Um, Farrell <laughs> Farrell's not the most popular coach in town, but yeah, the me. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know that. I think it's just because he's he's a genuinely nice guy. I think he he does carry himself with class and and dignity, and he he doesn't treat. The media, with, you know, with any really disrespect. I mean, I, I don't know. A little know. snippy he's, with Haggerty last he's night. Been, he's been well, mean to me a few times. Oh, really? Oh, a few times. Well, it's because of the trash you write about him on the website. That's oh, shock journalism. Oh, had. no. But I think he keeps it respectful, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know that Claude's He told ever... me to watch the game once. He swears yeah. in French, but you can't understand it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but then, then again, you know, put yourself in, the, in their shoes. I mean, these, this is something like... You know that these guys have been doing for the, the entire lives, and you get you know some English major in, in his face, you know, second question, second guessing him how he's doing things. That, you know, I can imagine why. Listen I can, I can see why they get dripping from Admiral's boy. I'm talking about myself. I'm, I'm, an, I'm an English major. I'm, refer- <laughs> I'm talking about myself. You nut. It's like yeah, you know, you, you're basically getting second guessed by some some guy you know who's basically writing on the internet, and I can see why they probably get a little snippy and pissy about it on occasion. All right, well, here's the uh, without further ado, the Julian uh, response today. He uh, he didn't address it last night after the game. He was too emotional. He was asked the question in French, right? I don't know which, which uh, French reporter yeah, was in town. I don't know. I mean, someone came, someone traveled a long way to ask that question. So maybe he was like, "Okay, well, you came this far. I'm gonna do it. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna answer. I'm gonna answer it for you." But... Broke down that those tough walls. Yeah, I thank thank goodness for the Quebec media. But uh, Claude giving a little tip of the cap to the English media. He's tra- uh, switched over to uh, English, and uh, here's his Braveheart speech today of addressing his coaching future. If you don't mind, I'm going to answer that sure. in English because I think, uh, you know, my loyalty is to Boston people. And uh, so the, the question that was asked is how do I deal with all the rumors uh, of what's going on? And, and I think uh, to, to your question last night, Joe, I didn't feel it was a, the appropriate time for me to answer that. You know, after a game, your, your emotions are, are pretty high. And uh, so uh, I wasn't getting into that. Uh, but uh, to be honest with you guys, uh, my job is to coach a hockey club, and, and am I worried about my job? No, I'm not, because it's not my job to worry about it. My job is to fix things, like I mentioned. I think my job is to coach this team and try and do everything I can. Uh, and if I become one of the reasons that we're not doing well, well, then I think management has, a, has to make that decision. It's not, it's not my decision to make, so I, I'm not quitting uh, on this team. I'm not quitting on anybody. I'm not quitting on management. I'm ready. To, I'm willing to go through uh, the hard times, and I said that in the last year. Uh, if it's deemed my fault, uh, then I shouldn't be here. That's all I can say. But, but that's not my decision to make. And if uh, we're going with what we said we'd go with, and saying there's going to be some growing pains along the way, uh, so be it. Uh, did we put ourselves in a position early in the season to maybe uh, be one of those teams that all of a sudden we believe we're a playoff team? Absolutely. I still think we're a playoff team. Whether we can do it or not, we'll know at the end of the year. But my job is still to, to do everything I can to get us in the playoffs. And uh, that's what I'm going to do. So as far as rumors are concerned, they're out there. I know that. But I don't worry about it because worrying is, is wasting a lot of my time. And my time is about trying to fix things here. 
There it is. Long live Scotland, or whatever he Aye. he was saying throughout. Were you were you properly inspired, Rear? Yeah, I'm gonna strap on the pads right now. <laughs> I, I I mean, yeah, I thought it was it was good what he said. He's just kind of you know, it, it almost puts the onus on on the it does. management. It's, it okay, does. look, I'm gonna coach the team if they don't want want me. It's it's almost like, reminds me of Dennis Seidenberg said when he was still here about you know if you want to get traded. And he said, look, if they don't want me here, then fine, I'll wave. You know, like I'll wave I'll wave to get out of here just because if you don't want me here, then fine. And I think it's just a little similar to that. Like he's say, basically saying to man, management. You know, you don't want me, then then can me. If I'm the problem, then then take care of the problem. If I'm the problem, and otherwise, I don't I don't worry about it. And I I believe him. I mean, you know what? You know, I I'm kind of the same philosophy in life. I don't worry about things that that aren't aren't there, things I can't control. So I mean, that's the that's the right approach for Claude. The key phrase in there is growing pains. It, that really throws it back to management because he's saying, absolutely, look, you put you gave me this roster, they're not ready. Look at Vitrano's icing last night. Look at. Spooner this week with with defensive lapses out the wazoo. Now now he's throwing it back on the roster, right? Yeah, I mean we have eight players that have made their NHL debut for the team this year. Only a few of them have stuck around: Zarnik, Carlo, um, and I, I think I think that's it. Uh, I mean, so it's it's this has been a revolving door of sorts of of different players and and really asking a lot out of the coach. Uh, you know, Krejci hasn't found chemistry with anybody this year. I mean, they're putting him back with Pasternak, the play, the guy he's played with the past two years, because nothing is working. Uh, and I think you know, Claude is he's given it a, a, a real go here. I mean, he stuck with Bacchus and Krejci as that combination for entirely too long. I mean, they, they that was fitting a you know a, a what's the, what's the expression square there? peg round hole. There you go. Yeah, except you know, six foot two power forward into a round hole, I guess. So. Uh, but then he put Bacchus at center for what a game. And yeah, and now was, he's now he's back was, on the wing. It was a nightmare. I mean, that was, yeah, that was not a good showing from David Backus. Uh, obviously, first time playing center in, a, in quite a while. I think since opening night, you know, when Bergeron, that first segment of games where Bergeron was out there. Right. Uh, obviously, no chemistry with his line mates, you know, at, at center. Uh, but not a great look for him. He was getting beat. He lost his man in the slot on one of the Detroit goals. Um, all around bad showing from that third line. And now he's on the wing on your third line. And, hey, this is not why you signed this guy. You signed him to replace Louis Erickson. Louis Erickson, by the end of his time here, was a second-line, first-line player with either Bergeron or Marchand or Krejci. And if, if this is going to be what Bacchus is, they're going to have a problem. And I think that's a big thing. He was their big, shiny toy they got on July 1st. And right now, I think you, you want a little bit more out of him. You want some more. And I know, I, I know he's a heart and soul guy. I know he hits. I know he talks. He wears a letter. You need more, though. And if, if he's not going to provide it, you got to go out and get more. And that's not why they brought him in. But he's not been the biggest problem. Obviously, they're, no, they're no. trying to jumpstart that line a little bit by putting him on it. But yeah. I hear what you're saying. You know, you could you look to your highest paid guys to, to carry you, and, and he's probably – there have been games where he's disappeared. You can uh, reach us at 617-779-7937, Saturday Skate, Ken Laird, Rear Admiral, and Ty Anderson. Tom from Providence has been hanging on for a while, talking about Claude's future in the front office. What's up, Tom? Hey, guys. How you doing? Excellent. Thanks for calling. You're welcome. Listen, guys, just what that man said on the radio clip you said, there's a disconnect between Claude and the management. The management is not the right management. Absolutely not. I've been watching the Bruins for a long time. Last, when they finally made a run for the Stanley Cup and they got one, and they got one a few years ago, then they added Harry Sinden back into the equation as a consultant, the most underperforming general manager in the history of the NHL. And as far as a coach, he only won two Stanley Cups with Bobby Orr and the Big Bad Bruins. Those guys are all about the money. And 
what I want to tell you is, let me finish this. Jacobs is about selling the concession stands. They put out a product there to get the Boston fans, Providence fans into their stadium, and they do. But they're not about winning the Stanley Cup. It's embarrassing. Kim Neely is part of that regime. So is Don Sweeney. They need to wipe them out. All right, Tom, we appreciate it. Now, does he need to, like, whack them? Like, <laughs> as a Providence. Could be, yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> no, what, this goes back. You, there's the money. comes right up again, right? Jacob's cash. Yeah. It's a financial thing that, that you can never get away from that, right? It's, it's just it's just the tale as old as time in this town. Hot dog I mean, you know, yeah, it's known. I mean, but, again, the guy owns a conglomerate that, that has a piece of almost every arena in, like, North America. You know, I, I don't think that he's clamoring just to get the Bruins like a couple of, of dates. I, I just I don't think he's spending to the cap to get like three playoffs. Yeah, that's the it's thing. Just, you, you, could, just... you could easily shave 20 million bucks off this and, and be making right. a I mean, profit. If, exactly. If he was doing this strictly for profit, he wouldn't be spending to the cap. And I fans mean, are rabid it's... enough. They would still come. I don't know if they'd sell the place out in the streak that they're you know, currently they're in. Just, they're, they're spending the money. Oh, they're, yeah, just, they're, just, they're just not spending it correctly. Yeah, the quote unquote streak. Yeah, that streak. All right. Yeah. It's, you know, Let me tell you, fifteen thousand people on like most games, and we're telling, we're saying it's a streak. Sure. Well, okay. if the tickets are sold, you know that's yeah. Ace ticket buys half the building, so I guess that's that's they have partnerships with everybody. So, I mean, but but honestly, like, this is not. I understand where the call is coming from, uh, but that's not really what the the problem is or what what the issues are with this team. Uh, I, but I will tell you this: he he is speaking. I mean, that, that is a large majority of the fan base speaking right there when they say that. These ticket prices have gone up consistently over the years, and the product hasn't followed. And I think that's become an issue for a lot of fans, and it's, it's leading to this, this cry for change because these people don't want to pay 85 bucks to sit in the 15th row of the balcony and then watch the team lose 4 nothing to the Islanders or one nothing to the Blackhawks. It's not what they pay for. Well, and when you look at the roster and some of the salaries, it, it well, is hard to say this is a crap roster. Well, that's, it's hard to say that. It's not. Well, it's... They're spending the money. It's not that they're not spending it. It's who they're spending it and how they're allocating it. That's that's the problem. They're just they're not spending the money wisely the way they're putting it out there. I mean, again, they, they're always spending the money. They just don't put it in the right in the right areas, and that's that's the problem. The roster makeup is is the issue on the team, and if that's been the issue, you know, the the front office is the problem. But it, it's you know you already fired Shirelli. Sweeney's still kind of about what he's been less than two years, I think. I mean, yeah. it, it's not time to fire Sweeney yet. He hasn't been here long enough. Uh, you know, the only connective tissue between those two is Cam Neely. And and like I mentioned, like I think it might have been with I can the other night, is, you know, the uh, front offices in hockey, they're, they're different than they used to be. The Buck used to stop with the GM, and, and that was kind of it. But now they're so much more collaborative. You, know, you look at Toronto, for an example, you know, you got Lamorello, Shanahan, you know, those, those are just two of the many guys in the room making the decision. So when a decision gets made, uh, you know, is one guy to blame for 100 percent, or does one guy get 30 percent, another guy get 40 percent? You know, how do you divvy up the blame when it, when a group decision is made? Well, yeah, I mean, Sweeney was hired May 20th, 2015. As you pointed out, it's less than two. How could you fire a GM well, you at, with less than right. two? I, I, I'm kind of addressing the people well, who well, you do could, say that. But... I mean, it would be foolish to. I mean, yeah, he hasn't been here long enough for for his moves to bear fruit. I mean, the, not to the, mention the draft picks are looking good, right? I mean, the pipeline is looking promising. Brandon Carlo is his first pick to make the NHL. And, and look at how he's played. And also, you know, the Dougie Hamilton, I mean, that's kind of, you know, Shirelli kind of staked his name to the Tyler Sagan trade here, whereas um, Sweeney's kind of Dougie Hamilton to the same, uh, same degree that he's kind of attached. That's to his big trade. 
and those guys could end up being three three pretty good professionals. So I mean, you know, the jury's definitely out on Sweeney. So people like clam, you know, clamoring to fire him. That's like, no, nah, that that's that's too early to do that. And you know, I don't know what firing Neely would do right now. I hear people mention that as well. It's just. You know, what, how much is, is he would be responsible a shake up. for? It would be a message. Yeah, but, you know, but but what's it really going to change if you have the same GM? And like I said, it's a, a, as a collaborative a collaborative thing. Is Who's the final who's the final decision on these things? Is it the owner? Is it Neely? Is it Sweeney? And, well, that might well, be a know, problem in and of itself. You, you know, might have to pick one or the other. Right. Well, that, there, there you go. You know, so if is Neely 100% responsible, well, you know, why do you want to can him? So, Again, with the things we don't know because we don't know ultimately who's who's making the final say. It's not it's not like it was, you know, twenty five years ago when you can just keep bl- blaming Harry Sinden and he'd sit there and take the heat because you know he was the one making the decision. Things are a lot different now. Saturday skate here on Sports Radio WEI. Kent Laird, Rear Admiral, and Ty Anderson. We're brought to you by AT and T Star Market and Wise Snacks. Okay, I admit I was wrong. Julian is not getting fired. I uh, I'm gonna just go ahead and say it. He's not getting fired today. I was wrong after a three game skid. But I tell you, I'll tell you when he will get fired. Uh-oh. Coming up next, a new Laird Lock on the way. <laughs> With you until 7.30, Saturday Skate here on Sports Radio WEI. We'll be back at the same time next week and then revisiting Sunday mornings. Ken Laird, Ty Anderson, and uh, Rear Admiral. You guys are thrilled about that. You love the, the early Sunday. Oh, yeah. All right, uh, I was wrong. Uh, Three-game skid, Bruins are on, and uh, Claude was not fired. It was my first lock of the year. But I'll tell you when he will be fired. I think we have to put a cap on media members in there how many times they can fire Claude. I, I, and I'm not picking on Ty. I'm not, well, I know how you many, how many do what I are you talking about? Yeah. I've only done it once. I, I, you no, said no, you no, fired no, you, before the cup You year. wrote it most recently. That's why I, was, I ah. said I wasn't picking on you. Like Too many people, on, media guys on Twitter, like they fired Claude way too many times yeah, already Yeah, Pete Shepard guaranteed it last night. Yeah, it's like, you know, Today. I mean, because yeah, after a while, you know, people are just it's like boy crying wolf. Okay, quirk to the NHL schedules this year. You guys are aware of these bye weeks that are popping yeah, up. Yeah, strange. Which is part of the problem with the standings and deciphering what is going on right no, now. It's, it's impossible. It's ridiculous. Like, you look at the standings right now in the Atlantic, and it looks like the Bruins are actually fine. Uh, they're actually in third place and ahead of Toronto. But <laughs> they've played, what, six more games than the Leafs right yes. now? Yes. Yes. So, so tw- <laughs> that's 12 points, obviously, if they would sweep those. I mean, you would give them six just to be conservative and so now just extrapolating you the Bruins are out of a playoff spot by about four points or so at a minimum assuming the Leafs stay hot so they're not in good position right now anyway this is all going to clear itself up in February the Bruins are home for two weeks they play Montreal at home on the 12th and then they have a bye week they won't play again until the 19th then they go on a four-game road trip so this is easy if you're going to make a coaching change you want uh, Cassidy to have a nice week to implement systems. <laughs> Here he goes. <laughs> we have nine games between now and the bye week. February 12th, 2017. That is D-Day for Julian. The new Laird Lock, he's out. February 12th. Write it down. It mark it down. It doesn't make any sense. Done. Guaranteed. It doesn't make any sense. Why? Because, all right, so you want to fire Claude, yeah? So you want to do that. you don't want to get embarrassed tomorrow in Pittsburgh, right? You want you just figured, That's going right. to happen anyways. They, they've scored seven goals twice the last three games. The team's a juggernaut. Nah, but Claude has a way of... Edging, we just talked yeah. about the history between the Bruins and the Penguins. No, no, I know, but I'm, but I'm saying, all right. So you fire Claude nine games from now. Yes. You have he'll go two, four and five like he always it, does, yeah. or five and four. Some so here's the thing, right? You have two possible ways you can go now. Uh, if they go, let's, let's say they do that, right? They go just under five hundred. Now you are too far out of it. 
No, they'll still I be, in, they'll I still be in the far, same spot. But I think you're too far out of it in the terms of actually making a serious run and avoiding the best team in the conference. I think you'd have to get in as a wild card. or Well, Jacobs doesn't care about that. Yeah, right? but, he, but even listen so. Listen to the callers. He just wants yeah. his four home dates or whatever, three. But, and... but then, then now we're talking about, okay, you're also still too good to tank and, and get a actual worthwhile draft pick. You're still going to be in that, 13, that, that 12 to 13, 14, that range that you don't want to be in that they have been in these last few years. Uh, I, I just, I, I don't know. I think this is like, if they if they haven't done it yet. But they won't tank with Julian. If they don't fire Julian, they're not going to tank, right? No, yeah. It's going to be I mean, they're not gonna on tank the bubble unless, the rest I, of the year. I mean, if they have Rask starting these games, they're not going to tank because Tuka Rask is too good. I think he's too, I think, I think the, the core of this team is, is still too good to tank between Marshan, Bergeron, uh, Chara, and, and Rask. I still think that's too good. You gotta move one of these guys. If you're if you're gonna do the tank, you have to move at least one of these pieces. Well, if that's the case, then this is a blessing in disguise this week. If if you really believe that, if you feel like it's better to tank, then you're happy they lost to the Islanders. I, yeah. You're happy they got shut out again last night. I hate the idea of scorched earth. I hate that that's like that you have to do that to get better. Because if you if you have the right scouts and you have the right picks, you're gonna be okay. I mean, you look at some of these teams here. I mean, like you don't want to be Calgary. You don't want to be the Calgary Flames. You don't want to be. Uh, Who's another team I would say I would throw in that category? Maybe the Ottawa Senators, right? You don't want to be those teams, but why? What do you mean? Because then you're stuck in you're stuck in in, in no man's land where you're just you're. Well, the Flames got Goudreau, right? They had some good picks. Yeah, but now you look at their roster though, and they have a lot of older guys that doesn't really make a lot of sense for them because they want to stay relevant, they want to compete. Uh, so you're never going to quite bottom out the way you should, which is what the Bruins are sort of leaning towards. You don't want to be that directionless team, but I, I hate the idea of scorched earth at the same time. It's I think this team, though, has too many pieces in place uh, both now and tomorrow that for that to actually even be the case for them. Yeah. Admiral, February 12th, D-Day? Yeah, just buying it? Too random. Just too random. To, it's you not know, random at all. They've got yeah, a week off to like, prepare. You're assigning, I don't know, you're assigning a game of, uh, you know, a month away as to, as to a cutoff. Anything can happen. And there's just too much time in between now and then. Um, so you think he's going to be fired on that date? Or like, before, like is that what you're Well, if, let's see. If they lose the game before they play, right before the um, – they have a homestand. They play the Canadians right before they go on break. So Sunday, February 12th, they play Montreal. Pretty safe bet they're going to lose the Canadians at home, right? We pretty yeah. much mark that one down. I already did. But if they lose to Vancouver the night before. I already have my post game done for that. Day. Maybe, you fought, you, maybe you make the change right before the Habs game just yeah, to shake who, things I mean, up. And but, who's to say it doesn't happen before then, you know? But, I, I, again, it, it, it's too much of a, of a mystery. As far as, like, the whole, like, we're just talking about bottoming out that's not like that's the Bruins aren't going to do that. They're not going to uh, they're not going to sell off pots and, and bottom out. Not I mean not not as long as Bergeron is here in his prime, Marchand is here in his prime. I mean you're just going to if you do that you're just going to waste two or three years of those guys right now. And I, I think they feel they're closer to um, you know maybe what San Jose's done. I mean San Jose they they missed the playoffs uh, for at least one year there, and they look like they you know they were going to be maybe a, a lottery team, and then they ended up going to the Stanley Cup final. So. I think the, the that's more of a realistic model for the Bruins to be following than, than sort of just bottoming out. Well, here. there are some parts they could move. They could trade Chara if he would agree to it, right? That's not going yeah, to that's just, not going to tear you apart for the next two years. No, I, but uh, like I think we talked about on the show before. But you know, he he's going to be a bargain next year at four million. Though I mean, the the way he's played this year is a lot better than I, I think a lot of people expected. And if you can have him, you know, again for one more year at four million, he's going to be one of the be- one of the better bargains in the league next year. All right, bonus half hour of Saturday skate. We'll lead you up to our uh, coverage of uh, Cleveland and San Antonio, picking up the NBA game tonight. Get you an update on the Celtics and uh, the Trailblazers and trending. 
But uh, on the way, Admiral and Anderson will give you why they feel like Sweeney has screwed up. Where he has. Not that you guys think he's been terrible. But but roster management, <clears throat> your legit critiques of what's gone wrong. Saturday Skate here on Sports Radio WEI brought to you by AT&T, Star Market, and Wise Snacks.